Hello and welcome to the pod. I'm Nathan Fink. I'm Jolyn Drennan and this is New Hampshire Family Now. A show about building family in the Granite State. Today in the show, June 8th, it's New Hampshire Gives and There's Still Time. New Hampshire Center for Nonprofits Executive Director Kathleen Reardon reminds us why it's critical. And later, Jacqueline Rowland, Avenue A Team Coordinator, joins us to talk about their new project, Community Belonging Place. Did I say it was New Hampshire Gives? New Hampshire Family Now is brought to you by the New Hampshire Charitable Foundation. Since 1962, the Charitable Foundation has worked hand-in-hand with generous and visionary citizens to maximize the power of giving and support, collaborate, and lead innovative initiatives. Initiatives like New Hampshire Tomorrow, which is focused on making sure children and families have access to education, health care, and career pathways to ensure every family member thrives. To learn more about New Hampshire Charitable Foundation and all their initiatives, go to www. Dot nhcf.org. This podcast was also brought to you by Family Support New Hampshire. Family Support New Hampshire is NH's coalition of family resource centers and family strengthening programs that exist to ensure Granite State families have access to resources so both caregivers and children can succeed because supported families are strong families. To find a family resource center near you, visit www.fsnh.org. Hello and welcome to the show and that sweet, sweet day of giving called New Hampshire Gives where we all reach deep into our hearts and support those organizations that make for a better New Hampshire. Wait, is this a pledge drive? No. Well, I would not say it isn't. Wow. How many double negatives you got there? More than you know, actually. Or should I say not more than you wouldn't know more than it's not. Okay, I'm out. Anyway, Happy New Hampshire gives a day to turn out and support your local and statewide nonprofits, of which, shameless plug, New Hampshire Children's Trust is one. But Jolene, I'm curious, why should people give if they still haven't? You should give because all around you, there is a network of support that aims to help you and your family, your neighbors, your community. Um, Family Support New Hampshire, for example, which has recently strengthened its partnership with the Children's Trust, which is a great thing for New Hampshire families. And why is that so great, JoLynn? Because now more than ever, New Hampshire Family Resource Centers are connected, providing high quality resources and strengthening families across the state. So of those resource centers, um, there are many where people can donate. Um, Where are they geographically? Uh, We'll start in the North Country. So there's Family Resource Center serving Coas County and Northern Grafton Counties. Children Unlimited in Conway serving the Greater Mount Washington Valley. Whole Village up in Plymouth. Lakes Region Community Services in Laconia. Archways Family Resource Center in Tilton, Franklin, and now Concord. The Upper Room in Derry. Community Action Partnership of Stratford County in Dover. Families First in Portsmouth, Salem Family Resource Center, the Grapevine in Antrim, the River Center in Peterborough, Healthy Starts at HCS in Keene, TLC in Claremont and Waypoint, uh, FRCs, which are located in Nashua, Manchester, Concord and Lebanon. And a special mention to uh, the Family Connection Center inside the state prison and Easter Seals, which also provides family programming. So look for your local family resource center on NHGives website. That's nhgives.org. Again, that is is nhgives.org. Now, I'd like to bring in Kathleen Reardon, Executive Director of New Hampshire Center for Nonprofits, to tell us a little bit about New Hampshire Gives. Kathleen, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. 
So it seems like every June, there's this amazing surge of energy uh, toward New Hampshire nonprofits. And it occurred to me this year that I have no idea how this came to be. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of New Hampshire Gives and the thinking that launched it? Sure thing. This is the seventh year for New Hampshire Gives. And so it started in 2016. We at the center had been seeing other communities having giving days and had been exploring it for a little while. And the idea behind it is, you know, what you've seen. It helps to build community and generate enthusiasm for the important work nonprofits do. So we did a little bit of focus groups um, with some of our nonprofits to get a sense of their interest and said, yeah, let's do this. Now, every year, there's always exciting and new innovations. And I'm curious because this year you've mixed it up yet again. So I'm curious to know what is it about this year that has changed and why is it exciting for the New Hampshire nonprofit sector? So we always want to, again, lift up the nonprofit sector and provide visibility as well as support for your fundraising efforts. And so we are continuing again this year with a live stream, both at the front end and at the at the end. And we have great hosts with Greg Kretschmar from Rock 101 and Scott Spradling, former news reporter for WMUR. And they bring such energy and enthusiasm for interviewing nonprofits and promoting the initiative. So it helps us to get more visibility for the efforts. So that's always really fun and exciting. We've also mixed up some of the incentives, you know. Nonprofits do a great job of highlighting the impact that their organizations make in the community. And New Hampshire Gives gives them lots of ways to incentivize donors. Um, One thing that we're doing this year is we have what's called a bonus pool. So the way that will work, um, New Hampshire Charitable Foundation and its donors contributed $240,000 to that fund. And that will be given out proportionately based on how much organizations raise online during the 24 hours. So it really stretches every donation and helps reinforce the message that you can do a lot by just giving a little. That's amazing. And, you know, I know this is a big day for all of us. So last question, why is NH Gives and the money it raises so critical? Well, I would say simply New Hampshire relies on nonprofit organizations to meet a diverse array of needs in our communities. Everything that you think about that makes New Hampshire great, there's probably a nonprofit behind it, whether that's, you know, helping our children and families be strong, providing safe places um, for kids, stewarding our natural resources and cultural environment. You know, that's all the work of a nonprofit and nonprofits rely on the generosity of donors um, in order to do that work. So New Hampshire Gives really helps fuel um, many of those important missions. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. And please, please come back when you get a chance. Great. Thank you so much. And I'm pleased to welcome back Becky Burke, Children's Trust Data Manager, to talk more about New Hampshire's network of family support. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. And no, I will not be messing with you today, though I got to tell you, I did notice a trail of ones and zeros fell out of your pant leg on the way in here. (laughs) So earlier, JoLynn and I were talking about New Hampshire's Family Resource Centers, and I want to know a little bit more about what the data is telling us about what kind of services they are providing. Right. Well, Family Resource Centers exist to serve all families, right, with a focus on support and prevention so that families can be strong, parents are resilient, and children can thrive. Reducing the stress on parents and families is key 
So FRCs work to identify and provide concrete supports that families might need. So sometimes the FRC can provide assistance with things like food, utilities, transportation directly, but they can also connect parents with other resources. So knowledge of parenting and child development is another key area of FRC work, right? We know kids don't come with instruction manuals. And as parents, we never know what we don't know. So family resource centers provide support to the families in their communities through groups and classes. But what is amazing to me is that 87% of the touch points with families are one-to-one. So there's an FRC staff member meeting one-on-one with 80% of those families. Not surprisingly, uh, if we look at at the focus of those touch points, um, 62% of those focus on family functioning, health, and resilience. That's amazing. Uh, One-to-one is mind-blowing. Now, where geographically are they providing family resource center touch points? Everywhere. Well, not everywhere, but close. So out of the 290 uh, New Hampshire cities and towns in the family support data system, families have received FRC services in 259 of those. That's 90% of the state. And you have to remember some of those towns are tiny, tiny, tiny with virtually no population. Right. Now, you and I talk a lot about uh, a lot about this um, off microphone about the promise and possibility of data. Why is the data around family support in New Hampshire so promising? If we look at the data from 2020 to 2021, there was a 66% increase in the number of referrals to FRCs in the state. So that tells me that families are finding their way to family resource centers and that community partners are increasingly valuing the uh, services and support that, that FRCs can offer. And we're on track to exceed that percentage increase in 2022. It also means that we need to be sure that FRCs are well supported financially so that they can in turn continue to support the families in their own communities. Which is really exciting because that's why we're here. I mean, today is New Hampshire Gives, a day for us to commit to the stability of family resource centers. So Becky, thank you so much for stopping by. And you can still support your local family resource center by going to NH Gives website, nhgives.org and donating now. Thanks again, Becky. Thank you. And making her first appearance on the show is Kat Chalice, the Kat Chalice Development Manager at NHCT, here to tell us what a gift to New Hampshire Children's Trust means for the Granite State. Thanks so much, Nathan, for having me. A gift to New Hampshire Children's Trust helps New Hampshire families stay connected to community-based supports and creates environments where all children thrive. We know that when families are well-connected, have access to parenting, education, and basic supports, and foster their children's social and emotional development, incidences of child abuse, and neglect plummet. Supportive communities mean strong families and safe children. And during New Hampshire Gives, the Children's Trust Board is generously matching donations dollar for dollar up to $2,050 so your gift can go even further. And most importantly, no matter to whom you're giving, just be sure to give on this day of giving. So thanks, Kat. And I'd love to have you back maybe during maple syrup season so I can ask you more questions about what I'm doing wrong. I will help you get it all measured out. Just make sure you water her well this summer. Up next, Jacqueline Rowland, the coordinator of Avenue 18 Center, a program of the Grapevine Family and Community Resource Center. Don't go anywhere. 
Many thanks to New Hampshire's Office of Social and Emotional Wellness for sponsoring this podcast. Started within New Hampshire's Department of Education, the Office of Social and Emotional Wellness consolidates policy development and implements projects and programs that are focused on health and wellness with an emphasis on behavioral health of all students, youth, and families. To learn more about the Department of Education and its many programs and approaches, visit www.education.nh.gov. Today's show was also brought to you by Merrimack County Savings Bank, who proudly supports the mission and efforts of New Hampshire Children's Trust. Founded in 1867, Merrimack has served people, businesses, nonprofits, and municipalities in central and southern New Hampshire for over 155 years by treating everyone with care, respect, and compassion. Visit your local offices in Bow, Concord, Kentucky, Hookset, and Nashua, or go to www.themerrimack.com. This podcast was brought to you by Nixon Peabody, who delivers exceptional legal services for clients in the community by combining high performance, an entrepreneurial spirit, deep engagement, and an unwavering commitment to a culture of collaboration, diversity, and humanity. Nixon Peabody works with universities, hospitals, and nonprofits of every size to maximize impact. For more information, visit nixonpeabody.com. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Today on the show, I'm incredibly excited to welcome Jacqueline Rowland, coordinator of the Avenue A Teen Center in Antrim, New Hampshire, which is easily the coolest place I've ever been, by the way. Jacqueline, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. You know, in one way or another, we've been working together on projects for quite a while since, I don't know, like 2019, right? I think so. 2019, 2018. But I'm really grateful for your support over the years and the work that you're doing in the state to elevate family and community resource centers has been amazing. And personally, bouncing ideas off of you has been really helpful. You know, I'll tell you, because the moment I walked in Avenue A, it leaves a distinct impression on my mind because I, I remember I walked in and I remember we set up in your side room with a guitar and I asked you about the concept that is community. And I'm still taken by the fact that you described it as being seen and feeling valued and that it's a place where you have a role to play and something to offer others and vice versa. And I thought, man, this is a special place, you know. And so I wanted to learn a little bit more about it from the program side of things. What are you offering teens in your community? Sure. Well, so the background of Avenue A is that we're a program of the Grapevine Family and Community Resource Center. So we have a multi-generational approach to supporting youth and their families. We're a regional teen center. We're based in Antrim, New Hampshire, but we serve youth from more than 14 towns in the Mnadnock region. It's a rural area and the towns are really spread out. So we like to say that Avenue A is a melting pot of teens from different schools, different school settings, and different towns within the region. Um, and our programs build resilience through creative expression, social development, wellness, career skill building. And in practice, this looks like a creative writing program, um, social development programs, music, art, hiking, mountain biking, pick up basketball. We have a carpentry and woodworking skills group. And all of our programs connect youth with supportive adult mentors from our community. So we have over 50 volunteers who help to lead our programs and build relationships with our youth along the way. And that's what's most important to us is that we are relationship-based. And the through line of all of our activities is support and connection. That's the most important thing. So whether you're coming for pick up basketball or 
carpentry or just for a drop-in campfire night, our biggest goal is to connect with one another and create that sense of support for youth. Yeah. And it's funny because it makes me, when you said that, it makes me reflect on my own time as a, a teenager and just the tremendous transitions that you're in in that period. And I know that over the years, you've been focusing on really three concepts, community, belonging, and place. And we've touched on community, but belonging seems distinct to me. Yeah. Well, I think that community is something that we participate in and belonging is something that we experience. So it's that feeling of security and support that a teen feels when they're accepted, when they're included, just as they are, just the way they come in the door, that they can be themselves within our community. And I think teens tell me that the feeling of belonging at Avenue A is contagious, that our staff are themselves, our volunteers are themselves, our teens are themselves, and we're all so different and unique. And we bring that together and you can feel it in the room. It creates an experience where young people are really free to be who they are, because that's just how everyone is at Avenue A. At some point in a podcast, I'm always looking for parenting advice. And I'm on that really kind of low level right now, six-year-old, trying to teach the difference between inclusion and exclusion and how it manifests in other people or, you know, in ourselves, our impulses. And I'm wondering if there's anything specific that you do that lends itself toward inclusion. Yeah, I, th I think one of the practical things we do at Avenue A is, is we really think about what we have shared and in common that we can connect with. So a lot of times when a new teen comes to Avenue A, we'll introduce them to the other teens and our teens will help to introduce them and show them around the room. And um, one of the things we love to do as volunteers and staff is just start with a funny like, oh, you love art and this person loves art or you love music and I think this person likes music or you have a cat and you know, this person has three cats and woo. And just even being really silly about it, the kids really connect with that. And I think even teens who might have come in the room and looked at someone else and thought, oh, I must be so different from them. They can find that point of connection. And I'm always surprised by who ends up connecting with one another at Avenue A. And it, it goes beyond anything you might expect because youth are really good about really seeing one another. I think when they're challenged to do it, I think they're really good at sensing who somebody really is. Uh, they're really smart. And I think that that is something we can encourage. Now, place is part of this equation. So how does place then factor into all the thinking around these other two concepts that we've been talking about? I think place is is two things. It's a physical location, right? It's the spaces that we create at Avenue A in our building at offsite locations where we hold programs, whether it's the gym or the grapevine lawn where we have campfires. Um, you know, these are places that are safe and fun and really tangible and having a, a physical space that you can go to and know that you're going to be in a positive environment as a teen is, is so important. I think one of our teens, Abby, described Avenue A in a poem as a second home for many teens and a first home for even more. I just got chills when she wrote that because I, I really felt like it was true. And place is a bigger idea too, because young people are, are trying to find their place in the world and in their communities. And by giving them opportunities for leadership and exploration and mentorship 
and community at Avenue A, we're, we're supporting them in finding that sense of place and carrying that into the world. It's funny that you say that because I just had this, this fleeting thought about community belonging and place in that they don't always occur at the same time. You sometimes you feel like you're looking for a place even in yourself. And hopefully wherever you land, you feel like you're belonging, no matter what that community might look like. This is why I'm so glad to have you on, because over the past six months or so, we've again partnered on this incredible docu-style film called Community Belonging Place, which in many ways celebrates that teen experience that we're talking about and its incredible value to the community. What were we up to? What are what are we looking at here with this docu-style film project? Well, I think it's it's just what you said. We we started with that idea of celebrating teens as community members. And- and recognizing that often media portrays youth as as a problem or the punchline of a joke. And I think that we receive that as community members. It, it, it steeps in us. And I think that teens receive that as well. They, they hear that message. We wanted to show youth as talented and thoughtful and part of our communities, not, not that they're growing into being a community member, that they are a community member now. And what do they offer now? And what do they dream of for the future? And how can we foster and support that? And I think what's been so cool for me to watch is how excited our teens are about this project, that it was so meaningful to them, that they felt honored to be able to share their stories and to talk about what community means to them. And I think that the film really shows that they put a lot of thought into that. So I'm I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited too. And you know, I want to explore that a little bit. What what do you think the impulse is to want to see yourself cast, to see yourself, you know, return to you on screen? What 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 do you think the value is in that? You know, I think in some way it's providing perspective for a youth to see their experience mirrored back to them through a short film, through the eyes of others in some way or through a different lens. I think that's what community can offer young people in in one thing that community can offer young people is that reflecting back to them, their experience, um, seeing it, validating it, honoring it, appreciating it, challenging it, whatever that looks like, I think that can be very helpful for a young person. And I I remember that about being a teenager. I was so fortunate to have community members in the small New Hampshire town that I grew up in who really saw me and listened to my stories and appreciated me and believed in me outside of my family. Because when you're a teenager, I mean, your family becomes less and less who you go to for that kind of validation. And so to have a supportive community that can feed into that is it's life changing. Yeah. It feels like the benefit of seeing yourself in a narrative of your choosing rather than, you know, something that seems to be foisted on you is positive. Now, I want to play a couple of of short clips from the video. Well, I think I'm funny. And I get along with people really easily. I like to sing um, and act because that's what my uncle used to like to do. That's what my aunt went to college for. So it kind of just runs in our family, I guess. I think I'm very much an ambivert because I really like going to things like the teen center or like I actually enjoy the social part of school. Then I also really like when I can just come down here middle of the night and just play bass for like three hours. 
those are two people that participated in a group of, say, 10. And I know you've known these kids for a while, Donovan especially. So what does it mean to you to hear him talking about himself in that way? Um, it's great. I, mean, I think the first time I heard those clips, I I cried because I was so excited to hear our youth have a chance to reflect on themselves in a positive way and really think about who am I and, and what am I good at and what do I have to offer? And I think you can hear in both of those clips, Lazaya and Donovan kind of extrapolating from their family experiences and their experiences at school and really where they view themselves in the world. Well, I, I like music and acting because it's, it's what my family did. And, but I also like it. And I, you know, I like music and, 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 and playing the guitar. And I just, I think that it's important for youth to be able to say that, to, to say to a community of people, this is who I am. And, and this is what I think I'm good at. And to have that be heard and received is, is really cool. I mean, this project's always going to have a special place in my heart. I remember being in Donovan's basement and seeing him play music and then going upstairs to talk to his father and mother for about an hour. And I just couldn't believe the amount of pride. And I think about RJ and being in his apartment, right? Um, and his dad coming up from work, um, you know, and just seeing us there and engaging in incredible conversations and just the pride. These kids are going to do well in society. Yeah. So we'll be releasing this short film as part of our kickoff to our New Hampshire Gives campaign. Um, New Hampshire Gives is an online statewide day of giving that's happening June 7th through June 8th at 5 p.m. And so the film will be available um, and linked through our website, which is avenueatc.org and um, our Avenue A YouTube channel. Um, I think on New Hampshire Children's Trust channels as well. So folks can go and watch it there. And know that by the time you hear this on Wednesday, if you hear it on Wednesday, there's still time to give. Jacqueline, thank you so much for all your incredible work. I started this conversation by telling you that Avenue 18 Center was one of the coolest places I've been. And I really mean that. It's such a benefit to society. So thank you for the work you're doing. Thanks, Nathan. I really appreciate that. To learn more about Avenue A and all the programs available through the Grapevine Family and Community Center, visit grapevinenh.org. That's grapevinenh.org. Many thanks to the Samuel P. Hunt Foundation for sponsoring this podcast. Established in 1951, Samuel P. Hunt Foundation is a Manchester-based, independent nonprofit that provides grants primarily for the arts, children and youth services, faith-based organizations, educational institutions, healthcare, and human services. Today's show was also brought to you by Dartmouth Health Children's, who is committed to providing compassionate care, family resources, and advocacy to children and their families. Through a personal approach to medicine, Dartmouth Health Children's shares in medical decision-making, supports patients and families in times of need, and provides expert care to children of New Hampshire, Vermont, and beyond. To learn more, visit chadkids.org. New Hampshire Family Now is listed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and more. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or ask your smart speaker to play New Hampshire Family Now. 